The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Girls Talk Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating, preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Now, your hosts, Christy Scales, Aisha Morrison, Nicole Hutchison, and Jess Navarez. Welcome into Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys, right here in the SWBC studio. I'm Nicole Hutchison, alongside Aisha Morrison. Jess Navarez will join us shortly, and Miss Christy Scales. Ah, victory Monday. We like the sound of that. Uh, Cowboys get the dub against the Giants, a season sweep, uh, 49-17, the final in AT&T Stadium. Christy, you were on the sidelines with a lot of records being broken, especially one to highlight CeeDee Lamb. Should the Cowboys radio get the assist for letting the staff know that he was about to... He was about to break the record. So the the third quarter's nearing the end. It's the Cowboys... um, their final possession of the mm-hmm. third quarter is the one where CD scored a second touchdown of the day. This was the touchdown catch. But throughout the second half, as CD kept racking up the yeah. um, catches and the yards, Brad Sham and Babe Bloffenberg and then our statistician Bob Thomas are keeping track. And we know that if he gets the 10 catches and the 150 receiving yards plus, then he'll be the first in NFL history to do this uh, mm-hmm. three consecutive weeks. So we're kind of counting it down. And so going into that final drive of the third quarter, I may have (laughs) mentioned to a staff member on the sideline to maybe relay to another staff member that three catches and 20 yards Mm. away. Mm. And then uh, CD scores, and the Giants get the ball for a short drive late in the third. And when they're coming back in the fourth, we're assuming that it's going to be Cooper Rush and the backups in. But... May have mentioned, may have skipped one step and spoken directly to another person on the sideline. (laughs) Not a coach. No, not a coach. But mentioned to someone important that um, he was two catches and eight yards away, CD. Mm -hmm. And when uh, most of the other starters were sitting on the sideline for that uh, first drive of the fourth quarter, CD was out there. Mm And Cooper Rush threw the first two passes to C.D. Lamb. The first one was for five yards. So he he had the 10-catch mark, but uh, he was just a few yards short of the 150. And then the second pass went to C.D., who was able to wriggle around and get the Mm -hmm. fourth yard. And so he ended up with 151, and everyone on the sideline knew exactly what was at stake (laughs) because C.D. had a big grin on his face when he stood up. He looked to the sideline, all the coaches and staff, and Dak Prescott was over there smiling and gave him a big hug and and, uh, high-five as he came to the sideline. So (laughs) we asked Brian Schottenheimer, the Cowboys offensive coordinator, uh, in his press conference earlier this afternoon, how aware was the (laughs) staff of this possible Mm -hmm. uh, NFL uh, new record for C.D. Lamb? And they said they became aware of it. 
later in the third quarter. So I'll let I'll let everyone else put the pieces together. <laughs> I think CD may have to just stop by and say, "Hey, yeah. thanks, Christy." Well, no, I don't. I mean, in particular, it's, it's it's Brad and Babe and Bob. But sometimes, you know, I'm just a yeah. conduit. No, no, just a no, conduit. Uh, no, not just at a all. Conduit. Not at all. But it, it was it was so much fun and just yeah. what a what a great uh, day and uh, 49 points and it's hard to nitpick anything from from that mm-hmm. game, but just absolutely a dominating effort overall. Yeah, CD after the game was all smiles uh, mm-hmm. I got to catch up with him after and um, asked him you know a lot of people tend to say this is like a reemergence of CD um, but I was like you know this is this is something you've been doing since college uh, you know last year since you've gotten here to the Dallas Cowboys how much more is this a, just a reminder of what you can do and he was just like you know I think it goes under the radar because you know not many people like the Cowboys and things like that but it just it just feels good to be a part of history and so uh yeah we're really excited to hear from him um, after the game what are your thoughts Aisha oh man I mean I second being proud of mm-hmm. him being able to see him be drafted and, and see his development mm-hmm. to this point and also too I, I also feel like it's a testament to this coaching staff as mm-hmm. well um you know uh Schottenheimer mentioned in his presser you know that they had some discussions very good discussions coming out of the bye and um you see that on film you see that on film and the the dominance that cd is playing with i mean it, he's beating double teams he's yeah. he's it's not it's not just one-on-one matchups and i just think it's a testament to his hard work but also this coaching staff to listen and to to be you know have an open door policy for them to do inclusive things to figure out how can we make you feel successful in this offense and that it's working and not only is it working it's opening up things for other yeah. guys yeah. in this offense mm-hmm. and so I, I think it also too is a testament to the collective figuring out what works well and adjusting mid-season to you know kind of make this run he's so pivotal yeah. and I just feel like for years now we've been lacking what a true number one is like I just I mean and I get it like I understand like we have this done this like committee thing where it's like okay well the ball goes in with the progressions and everything Mm -hmm. and yes I do believe it still does that right now but you have a true number one Mm -hmm. that when you're in a pinch you need a play you can you can guarantee that he's gonna probably make that play and that's just something I feel like this offense outside of maybe Amari Cooper has been lacking for a while just like yeah that dude right there is gonna make the play when we need him the most yeah Yeah. let me ask you this because I I think to your point you know this high volume for CD yes Mm ma'am over the past month it, it's felt organic, has yeah. it not? I it mean, they're not force rushed. feeding it. Yeah. They're, they're not force it, feeding him. It's yes. just as you say. It's mm-hmm. what the, you know. It, he's winning. He's yeah. winning yes. on his he's routes. He's winning, and and, mm-hmm. and and similar to even I said it yesterday on Twitter. Even with Brandon Cooks this week, mm-hmm. there you could tell there was an effort to get him the ball. But at no point did it feel forced or no point did it feel like we didn't specifically scheme for him this week. No, you could tell they had a plan to get him involved and it wasn't going to um, take over the offense, the offense's success overall to be able to get him the ball. And that's just a different feel to me is that they have a plan when they are trying to implement these things. But also too going back. A lot of coaches can't take criticism. Mm. A lot of coaches can't take getting themselves out the way and being like, you know what, maybe yeah. this – this. we talked about it. Brandon Cooks has been successful everywhere else. He's not a um, – uh, what, is, what is it called? Like a convoy a de- guy, decoy. Yeah. He's not a yeah. decoy. He's not. 
Yeah. He's not. He's not. He's been brought here to take the top off for people to respect his speed, crossers, all that stuff. He's he's here for his route running and his speed. Yeah. And for them to really look themselves in the mirror and be like, okay, mm-hmm. we have to get him involved. I think it says something about this staff, truly, and how they're able to to adjust and to, you know, do the things that they need to do to win. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I just... You know, it feels different. I'll say that. Yeah. It's a different feel. Yeah, and, and going back to what you said, it's opening up things for other players. Yes. You're seeing a lot of guys really step it up, right? Mm-hmm. They were being patient, waiting for their moment, but definitely stepping up the level of play, especially Jalen Brooks getting in on some action. That was cool. That was so cool to see him um, going out there and getting some play time and making the most of it. Um, but, I mean, this offense, y'all... <laughs> Seems like his kitten there. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I think the one thing that was, not that this is forced, mm-hmm. but let's just say an emphasis yeah. on making sure against this Giants defense Roll Rico. That, mm-hmm. that not just Rico, but Pollard, but yeah. making sure that this run game gets going. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. They did some, um, they did some more. This team, this offensive line, and a lot of offensive lines in the in the game right now are not power offensive lines. It's just it's it's a lot more difficult to do that. And I think this there this offensive line is still finding some cohesion. You know, um, mm-hmm. I think Mike McCarthy talked about it. The continuity; these guys are starting to play together. They did some more inside outside zone things that allow these running backs that you have who do better when they can see things opening up for them. I felt like. They're, they also are playing to their running back strengths right yes. now, and yes. that was important to see moving forward. But you do you did see mm-hmm. some far better play from this offensive line as a whole in their communication. The pass is opening up the run. Mm-hmm. The pass is opening up the run. And to me, that's how it has to be. That's okay. Your, your quarterback using his legs is opening up things as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, I like, again, I like the fact that they're looking at themselves in the mirror and being like, well, maybe we need to tweak this a little yeah. bit. You know, what you got? Hi. Hey. Hey. Hello. She's joined us. She's yes, here. We got you. Sorry, I don't know why <laughs> I sound like that. I was photobombing you earlier. <laughs> baby was working. Baby was working. I was running down those stairs, guys. <laughs> Let me say, I had to take a second to just kind of breathe. And uh, <laughs> No, you're good. Whew, those stairs so are hard. Oh, thank yeah, you. Yeah, Jess, Jess was uh, covering John Fossil, special teams mm-hmm. coordinator yes. for us, as he was wrapping up his press conference. Yes. So we'll have some extra special yes. team oh, stuff man. later in the show. I love talking to Bones. He's I fun. really do. He went on a really good uh, story kind of about how football uh, is personal to him, and he was asked specifically about kind of reaching out to other leagues, XFL, uh, USFL, for example, for players. Mm. And he kind of went back into his life story and his history, why the USFL specifically is so important to him because he has family ties with his dad and uh, kind of his history. So he went into that um I wanted to stay, and, and that kind of took longer than I expected, but that's okay. It was a great story. Um, I wanted to ask him, because Brian Schottenheimer today was talking about how in games like this, you have Cooper Rush kind of at the ready, and how he takes advantage of the opportunities he does get, because Dak Prescott's always chomping at the bit, hungry for those reps, and he's not going to share his reps, which is what you want out of your quarterback, right? I was asking, I, I was curious in asking Bones Fossil in terms of not having Turpin in because Turpin's very much the same way. He has that same mindset of always wanting those reps, always wanting to get better. And you see it now, uh, especially because he's healthy and, and he feels good. And I was curious how Deuce Vaughn maybe gets some of those reps when you have a guy like Turp uh, who has that position. And I thought Bones, he just made such an interesting point. Again, I love talking to this guy. He said, not only is it 
divvied up pretty pretty often uh, with these special teams reps. But film watching is something that they heavily, heavily depend on uh, on this side of the ball with uh, special teams. So got some good stuff there. He said uh, Deuce did a good job. The decision-making is something that they're going to kind of try to brush up on. Um, But that's also something you saw with Terp last year was that the decision-making is something that just takes time to grow and grow in nuance for. Um, So I thought that was really good stuff. So I just wanted to get uh, a little bit more of – what Bones had to say about Deuce, considering we don't really know what is going to happen with Terp this week yet. Um, and, of course, he gave Jalen Brooks a little shout-out uh, for yeah. getting his first NFL catch. And, and yeah. see, that, that's the thing about the Turpin injury. It took three players to replace him. I was hoping in this game that there would be nine active offensive linemen so that at the end of the game you could have Awesome Richards active so that presuming that you get a lead in the fourth quarter that you could have Chuma Adoga playing for Tyron Smith and you could have Awesome Richards uh, get spell Terrence yeah. Steele mm-hmm. at right tackle because Steele has taken 100% mm-hmm. of That's snaps nice. this year. But they couldn't go long at offensive line because it took two <coughs> players being active that are normally inactive to replace Turpin. Yeah. One is Deuce Vaughn, who had been inactive the previous three weeks because, as Jess points out, Deuce is having to replace Turpin as the punt returner. Rico Dowdle is already active as the backup to Tony Pollard yeah. running back. So he can return your kickoffs, but you needed a fi- you needed a fifth wide receiver, and that's why Jalen Brooks got to play because Jalen Brooks mm-hmm. is usually inactive. So... Um, you know, it's too bad that Turpin had the bad shoulder and missed the game, but you got very valuable, needed reps for young guys, uh, Deuce Vaughn and Jalen Brooks, just because of the one injury to Cavante Turpin. Yeah, yeah, it was it was really cool. I, I always love hearing from Bones and mm-hmm. learning from him, uh, all the coaching staff that, that talks to us so openly and is just so honest about you know, kind of how they see things. So I wanted to make sure uh, to get some insight from him about not having Cavante Turpin and kind of what he thought. Um, yeah, and, and it was great. It's so valuable for, for Brooks. It really was. And and uh, it, I, I will say that one of the most fun moments yesterday on the sideline was the Michael Gallup touchdown catch. <laughs> because yeah. the person who was most excited in the building was, it was not— me. It was me. Uh, it was, it definitely was number me. one. Oh my God. Please. <laughs> Jesus. Jess, Jess, you were the second most excited person. The third most excited person was Michael Gallup. Yeah. And the fourth and beyond was everyone who had Gallup on their uh, fantasy team. But the, number, <laughs> the number one most excited person was Robert Prince. Who's Robert mm. Prince? He's the Cowboys wide receivers yeah. coach. When Gallup made that catch, that touchdown catch, Prince was sprinting down mm. the sideline oh. and. NBA fans know that iconic video of Dr. J leaping from the free throw line and skying and dunking. And Robert Prince jumped so high and so far and jubilantly waving his arms in the air. It reminded me of Dr. J. So I was I was joking with him afterwards. But um, it, to see... To see the way that not only teammates but coaches and staff react on the sideline mm-hmm. when something happens for a player, well, that's know. how you know mm-hmm. how well-regarded a player is. Yep. Yeah. And that's what it was like for Michael Gallup yesterday. Yeah, and just to see him go out there and remind people, like, I'm still here. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. a lot of, and, and including myself, I was like, 
Although we ain't seen no sh enough action from, you know, Michael Gallup lately. What's going on? How do we get him more involved? Or just uh, how can you get that, see that production from him? And so it was good to see him uh, go out there and perform. Uh, what were your thoughts? Um, I mean, for me, my bad. I got yeah, coughed okay. up there. My bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. <laughs> He's making a mess over here. Um, <coughs> Sorry, y'all. But there's going to be a time, especially when these games start getting tight, mm -hmm. especially when you get in the playoffs, teams are going to de devote their lives to stopping C.D. Lamb. Yeah. They may even devote some of their lives to stopping Brandon Cooks if he continues to play this yeah. way. You need your role players to play well. Mm -hmm. And again, I know that sometimes that's difficult in a season to be like, oh, I'm a role player or whatever the case may be. But guys knowing what their purpose is in this offense is half the battle. And I really feel like if MG mm -hmm. right now, if he's going to come in and make the best of it, the snaps that he gets and has those big plays, you take it like you, you take it and it's yeah. and it's fine. And I, I do think that that takes maturity and it takes growth from a team and from a player to be like, OK, this is my new role mm -hmm. or this is my role currently. Let me do it to the best of my ability, because I'm telling you, there's going to there's going to be plenty of times where Dak is going to look to see these way and maybe he's double, maybe he's triple covered. These other gentlemen need to win on their own and be available. So this is it's a good start, and it's a very confidence building for Mike, Michael Gallup as well. Yeah, and one last thing, because I know Nicole has to throw it to break, and we're going <laughs> to shift to defense. But one last note about the offense, because we were talking about these great games by the receivers and all of that. But we need to give a nod to the offensive line Talk because, about it. because yeah. Mike McCarthy yep. said this was the best protection performance yeah. by that offensive line. So no accident that Dak has over 400 passing yards and four touchdowns mm -hmm. in just three quarters. Tip of the cap to the offensive line. Yeah. Yes. Real you can quick. See. Yeah. Go ahead, babe. Guys, <laughs> you know I have to talk about Michael Gallup. We oh, knew it was geez. coming. I just want to say, I told you. <laughs> I, I I I hate to be that person, but in this no, case, you don't. I don't. No, no, you don't. No, in this <laughs> case, I absolutely do not because he is a guy that you want to talk about making up storylines and people take their own storylines and they run with it. It's been Michael Gallup because mm -hmm. yes, it's a confidence game for him and and we're going to continue to kind of see where that takes him after this game. But he's never one that has sat back. You you have two options in, in your in this position that Michael Gallup's in. Mm -hmm. One, you sit back and you kind of just let what happens happen, or you fight for the opportunities you do have. Mm -hmm. And he's been fighting at the bit for any opportunity he has. And so I'm really proud of him and the game that he had yesterday because it, even the coaches talked about it today. Mm -hmm. It takes one moment sometimes to skyrocket you into the rest of the season. You need MG. Yep. You need him to continue to find that cohesion in, in kind of what his role is. Mm -hmm. But that was vintage Michael Gallup. And something he said after the game yesterday was never went away. <laughs> so really, really uh, had to give him a shout out there because he absolutely deserves MG. it. That's a good one right there. Vintage yeah. MG. All right, ladies, we're going to go ahead and take our first break. You're watching Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We'll be right back. We know that juicy, cheesy, grilled-to-perfection burger sounds amazing, but it does sound like something is missing. Pepsi, baby. The yin to this burger's yang. Burgers and Pepsi go together like, well, like burgers and Pepsi. This perfect blending of flavors makes every bite of lettuce, every sesame seed on the bun, and every sip of that crisp, refreshing, ice-cold cola a journey to Foodopia. Burgers, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. 
At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Army's 27th annual Red Kettle kickoff returns to AT&T Stadium this Thanksgiving. Get excited to watch the one and only Dolly Parton rock the stage during halftime with your Dallas Cowboys. Go ahead uh, go head-to-head with the Washington Commanders. I'm so sorry. It's Monday. Okay. Uh, tune in at 3.30 p.m. on CBS. Excited is an understatement. Uh, hmm. You know I love me some Dolly. We know. You I should. do. This is it like Taylor Swift? In fairness. No, Dolly's just an icon, but mm. Taylor Swift is like <laughs> Dolly's one of those people that like if you don't we talked about it. Yeah. Like, I know so many Dolly Parton songs and I did not know it was her. Like I just yeah. didn't know like yes. so I'm interesting. I'm dizzy down. The, you're gonna get you're gonna get a couple of the favorites that you absolutely know Ooh. and then there'll be a couple of songs that you may not be expecting because she is promoting her new rock album but um anyway the dcc they're already they've been working on this uh for a while it's going to be an outstanding show how old is she now She's 76, I think. Mate, 74. Seventy-four. Love that for Dolly. Like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. I'm sorry. Awesome. And can, one more thing about the DCC. Uh, Friday before last, they performed with Queen and Adam Lambert at American Airlines Center. And so um, I posted on the Twitter at Christy Cowboy. You see a couple of the cuts where they uh, come out. But uh, they had performed with them back in 2019 when Queen made a stop here in Dallas. And uh, they did it again. And Sir Bryant... Uh, Dr. Sir Brian May uh, sent a wonderful video um, message to thank them for their outstanding efforts and how much Queen and Adam Lambert enjoyed having them. And Mm. so if you're a fan of Queen, um, you would appreciate that uh, Brian May reaching out. I thought it was really sweet. That is cool. That is cool. All right, let's... Dolly's going to put on a show, but this Cowboys defense put on a show. <laughs> okay, transition. Okay. See what I did there? I love that. See what I did there? Uh, especially Deron Bland. Uh, let's go ahead. I know you want to say it. Please don't say, say it. it. We don't. Okay. I was I was just g- going to give her a, you know, let her say it because she's going to say it. Please do. Just, just say it. Do yep, it. go ahead. Deron Bland <laughs> is anything but Bland. There you go. There you go. heard it here first. See? And second. And third. And 84th. <laughs> But no, I mean, what a special guy, um, you know, he has become at such a young age. Um, and this is something that Dan Quinn had said in the press conference that uh, Tom, when the pass to Tommy DeVito was picked off, he was the receiver, not the defender, Absolutely. something he learned from Trayvon. Um, he just came in with good ball skills, but his ball skills has really, have really evolved. Um, what have y'all just loved seeing about Deron Bland over the past couple of weeks? 
Well, he's still the same humble, hardworking mm-hmm. guy. He mm-hmm. does, like Trayvon, had a, a previous experience as a wide receiver, so mm-hmm. a lot of those ball skills come from that. But it, a lot of it's, it's attitude, is, um, as Quinn was referencing. When the ball is in the air, it's as much mine as it is the receiver. So you, so you go get it. And yep. um, great hands, too. But uh, he's just a, a great story, a humble, quiet kid, and goes about his work, but the I, th- I think he really helped save the secondary yep. last year when he was able to step in for a defense that was missing both Anthony Brown and Jordan Lewis, and Deron Bland is able to step in and play in the nickel. Mm. Unbelievable. <clears throat> and this year, moves outside. Yep. Um, I, I don't think there are enough nice things that you can say about Deron. Mm. Yeah, I mean, another thing that I, I really appreciate his game that is uh, a bit underrated, but I, I feel like in this world of football now where so many teams attack the edges, Great. big yep. homie is going to come up and tackle. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's big, play, there's... big tackle yesterday. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he's I, I, yesterday he t- was tied with Damone Clark, who was a linebacker yeah. for the most tackles. And I, I just feel like that's such an underrated part of his game is that He's not only he's not he's he's not just great in coverage. Yeah. He's good in the run game. He's good and he's good tackling on the outside. He's a sure tackler. Yes, yeah, well. in open yeah. space. In open yeah. space. And so, to your point, I I feel like he's he's what people are. I'm telling you, covering the draft, he's what people are looking for. Absolutely, a guy that can play inside, outside, and he's helpful in the run game. Yep. Yeah. Diamond in the rough type stuff, y'all. It's not often that you see a corner have ball skills, be able to cover how he does, be able to tackle how he does. And and also, too, when you're playing the nickel specifically, Jordan Lewis has told me that you're an extension of the front seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're, mm-hmm. you're also, too, communicating a lot on a high level. And the fact that he's able to be at the nickel and then bounce to the outside because it's a totally different ball game. There's a lot of guys yeah. that can play on the outside that can't play mm-hmm. nickel. I'm just so impressed with him and um, this scouting staff. They did such a good job finding him, but good for him to walk through the door because we say next man up and that sounds pretty yeah. or whatever, but if we're, for it to be next man up and it's almost to the level yeah. of a Trayvon, because it is. Like, let's keep it a buck. Like, he's mm-hmm. playing at a Trayvon Diggs level. Like, yeah, I think that says a lot about him as a player, and he's he's been a super help to this defense. And, and let's also <laughs> recognize that he has come into a great situation to be coached by Al Harris. Yeah. yeah. And Joe Witt, and the way Dan Quinn utilized it, it's, sometimes it's, it's not just your talent and your want to and how hard you work and study. Sometimes you have to be in the right situation. And this is it for Duran, but I think he really benefits. And Al Harris is the one that went out to Fresno and worked him out and, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, helped help find him. And Al Harris, this was during mm-hmm. the um, bye weekend when we spoke to the assistant mm-hmm. coaches. It's like, what did you see when you went to go uh, on campus and look at him before the draft? He says, I look at how guys break on the ball, right, mm-hmm. on these out routes and how, how the um, – corners respond and and break on that and I saw that he had it and I thought maybe this kid had something and Al Harris was right yeah coachable that's the one that comes comes to my mind for Deron Glenn is coachable and work ethic that has gotten him here alongside the coaching of course but that's because he's coachable he wants to learn and he stays Mm -hmm. hungry Mm -hmm. the thing about Deron is that he 
isn't satisfied even with what he has now. And he's never satisfied because he's that kind of player that wants to continue stacking up accomplishments, not just for himself and personal gain, but for the entirety of his unit and his defensive unit around him. And so for me, something that sticks out the most, and we talk about it a lot, is consistency with Deron Bland mm-hmm. and the game that he's able to play at such a high level at such a quick start to his career. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were kind of looking at him uh, when Trayvon was out for the season of how he was going to adjust and what he was going to be able to do without Trayvon there. And Stephon Gilmore will also highly praise uh, Deron Bland. I mean, all of them will, but it's because of what he's doing. It's, mm-hmm. it's If he was not coachable, you would not see this version of, of Deron Bland. So um, just continuing to see what he's able to do and – how he continues to grow is it's yeah. fascinating. The it fact, is fascinating at this level. Yeah. They keep throwing at him. I don't get it. I but I think it's but it's because they scared of yeah. they yeah, scared the, of Gilmore's Gilmore. on the other yeah. end. So they would yeah. rather take the younger guy than Stefan. And it, I just I wonder if it's going to change because he's going to keep making people pay. Yeah, yeah. but you, you know also you also have to credit the front with yeah. you know mm-hmm. sustained pressure and the that's like as well. Yeah. So yeah. It, it all yep. works together. Yeah, it all works it, together. I mean you just that's a corner, that's a defensive back's best friend is a good pass rush. Yeah. Yep, and it goes to that defensive line uh, holding this Giants team to hundred. <laughs> 11 rushing yards, y'all. I don't, I mean, I don't really know how much better it can get than that. Well, I mean, 0 oh, oh, of 12 on third oh, down. 12, yeah, I mean, oh, I mean, oh, that is so beyond <laughs> pathetic by the Giants. I, mean, I, I know I that mean, you can't be negative zero. You can only be zero. No, they'd be in the negatives. But there's, could. oh my gosh, that, oh, they were yeah. awful. <laughs> I, I've never heard Chris talk like this. Oh, oh my goodness. Awful. <laughs> nah, it was bad. Christy, it was, I love you so much. It was rough. He was Awful. under some serious distress. And the way <laughs> and we talked about it last week that this this run defense has improved. And it's not it's also just seeing, you know, because you look at an opponent like the Giants, you're like, okay, well, it's whatever. And we knew this offensive line wasn't that great. But it's also <laughs> to just seeing the gap integrity and yes. the all hats yes. to the ball, the effort. Yes. Jonathan yeah. Hankins don't get enough love out yeah. here. No, in these that's right. Yeah. But he let his presence be known yeah. uh, this game. Um, saw some good things from Mozzie, too. And I just, um, you know, DQ just talked about it, how much they, they were not going to let Micah beat you. Like, yeah. they were not, they were determined. They were chipping him. They were double teaming him. So you saw the other guys, like the Dorrance Armstrongs, yep. the Dante Fowlers, those gentlemen get involved and have a successful day as well. And so, I I mean, I think this defensive line played really well. But more than anything, I'm appreciating the run fits mm-hmm. and stuff that I'm seeing from them because that stuff transfers. You know, I think that stuff transfers, and you can do that in another game. Yeah. Are you are you encouraged <clears throat> by what you've seen from Mozzie yes. the past couple of weeks? Because um, – he did have a slow start to the season. Yes, I mean, his. I mean, people always talk about his his get off and and his his timing being a little slow, mm-hmm. and I just think that that's something he's continuing to work. But I'm starting to see some of that aggressiveness come out of him because yeah. he's he's starting to become more sure yeah. of what he's seeing because that's a big part of playing DT and being a run stopping DT. It's not just. Feeling. It's also too sometimes playing with patience mm-hmm. and watching, and especially if you're in a two gap in scheme or something like that, where you have to wait and hold and hold defensive linemen. It <clears> takes <throat> patience and it's also temperament. So he is definitely growing to me as well. Um, I, I do believe by the time the end of the season is here, we're gonna be like, oh, 
Mozzie's flashing. Mm-hmm. Like, you mm-hmm. see in him flash multiple times a game. But I know he and Hankins have really built a rapport with each other. And I think, too, we've talked about it at <clears throat> nauseum how much these veterans are needed mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. these young guys, mm-hmm. especially at a position like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are y'all liking from Sam Williams? You got a chance. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's her guy. <laughs> oh Sam, I'm so I'm so happy for him because mm-hmm. he was somebody and and I think about this in terms of when we're listening to the coaches speak, the guys that the coaches bring up first on their own. He wasn't mm-hmm. asked about Sam and he brought Sam up in a Mozzie question yeah. saying mm-hmm. that those two guys are on the upward arrow to continue going up and up and I was curious uh to ask Dan today, you know, is what you saw from Sam Williams and special teams just kind of translating over and leaking into this this reignited flame that you're seeing in Sam Williams? And he said, yeah, sometimes it just goes back to having one key moment, which was that blocked kick uh, that we saw a couple of weeks ago. And you're seeing a different version of Sam Williams than you've seen in a long time. And, you know, I think what's really cool to watch is his progression of taking the initiative to say, hey, I'll go play some special teams reps. I'll, I want to get really good at that. And he's hungry for it. I mean, I talk to Sam pretty much every week in the locker room when I see him, and he wants the ball. He's he, screaming he, at practice. He crazy. <laughs> Sam is <laughs> he lit. He's man. funny. He's, 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 he's definitely a personality in the locker room. A lot of room. energy. Uh, yeah, a lot. Yeah. Um, and, and so to see him continually allow – that playtime in special teams to leak over into defense to say, you know, in a perfect matchup like this where you knew some of those younger guys were going to get more of those reps than they usually do and take advantage of the opportunities yep. they're getting with the limited reps that they're having. And I think Sam is a perfect example of that and what you're starting to see. He was quick. <clears throat> Sam had some speed in him yesterday, and that, that's a big dude. Sam's a he big is. guy to sit there and be as fast as he is on the edge. I'm really excited to continue to watch what Sam's able to do, um, not just in special teams, but in the defense overall. Because when you're getting uh, double teamed like Micah does and, and Micah's not able to really make those plays, you have a Sam Williams and a Tank coming at you still. I don't know, guys. And a Dante. Yeah. And a yeah. Dante yeah. and an Osa. Yeah. I mean, D- Dorrance Armstrong. And a Jonathan Hankins. I mean, you have a lot of things. But when you have these puzzle pieces that this room is starting to become really stacked, mm-hmm. it just makes Dan Quinn's defense harder to scheme against when you're an opposing team. So. Yeah. Yeah. Sam, Sam ended with uh, 27 snaps on defense yesterday mm-hmm. and 24 on special teams, so yeah. tied with Israel Mukwamu for the most on special teams. And Bones didn't wait to rotate him in mm-hmm. at Gunner. He took the first couple of reps, and Cowboys didn't have to punt much yesterday, yeah. but uh, <laughs> he was out there uh, at Gunner for the first couple of Yeah, months. and he played his most defensive snaps all season. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So looking forward to what Sam can bring in the next coming weeks. But we're going to take our second break. You're watching Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We'll be right back. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation. So you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today. Dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. You know that sound anywhere. It's the crisp crunch of that first nacho chip. With its perfect cheese to sour cream ratio sitting atop a layer of delicious beans, it's a sip away from perfection. 
That's what we're looking for. Add a delicious, refreshing Pepsi, and we've achieved absolute nacho nirvana. Because while you can pile those nachos high with every spicy, cheesy, savory topping, there's no topping a cool Pepsi finish. Nachos, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. youth football and dance camps presented by Invisalign. Don't miss your chance to learn from the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders and former NFL players at AT&T Stadium on December 22nd and 23rd. <laughs> Celebrate the holidays with the Cowboys. Register today at DallasCowboys.com slash camps. Wait, what? I'm sorry. What camps were those? Youth camps. Youth camps. Oh, okay. Youth camps okay. with uh, the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders and former NFL players. Mm, that'll be cool. I have you a can register now at DallasCowboys.com slash camps if you're interested. <laughs> cool. My bad. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not young enough for that. Uh, yeah, I'm not young enough for that. Um, all right, ladies. Sorry. Dang, what is funny? No. Um, yeah, uh, let's go ahead and just talk about who would you get, if you had to choose, mm -hmm. so many, um, so many guys had really great games, some had some breakout games, uh, of course, CeeDee Lamb making history, Dak, Dacking, what, <laughs> what did, how did you put it, how, you put, he's, da he's, oh, quarterbacking, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, the quarterback, quarter that's how you put it, I forgot, He's quarter. He's quarterbacking. I'll yeah. say quarterback is quarterbacking. Uh, so many good things from this Cowboys offense defense. If you guys had to choose one player to give your game ball to, who are you going with? It has to be C.D. Lamb because something that Jerry Rice never did or That's any crazy. of these guys. It's yeah. it's phenomenal. And uh, Brian Schottenheimer earlier joked uh, about uh, having the conversation with C.D. after he uh, got the record. They're early in the fourth quarter saying, hey, man, they may uh, want your cleats in Canton, Ohio for a display. And I wouldn't be surprised if yeah. uh, something – in fact, I was standing next uh, – I was right there at the line of scrimmage and standing behind the ball boy, the crew, the, you know, that sends the balls in. And when CD came to the sideline, he kind of looked over towards the ball boys. And I thought, I wonder if they're going to save one. Yeah. And they, they didn't – at least I didn't see them save that one. They might have come back uh, to grab it. But I wouldn't be surprised if – because there are temporary displays all the time that they're putting in Canton. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they take some, like, gloves or something yeah. like that or cleats. I like CeeDee Lamb, but I'm sorry. i got to go with Cooks, and I only say yeah. this because oh, I've been yeah. I've been waiting for Cooks to be, get involved in this offense and finally have a breakout game. Um, for me, it takes a, it takes a hard – it's a hard task to really just, like, wait for your time, you know, especially when you have a guy like CeeDee Lamb that's – breaking records and playing so well right now. Um, it, it's hard to just sit back and watch, you know, when you know that you can go out there and do the same yes. thing. So I commend him um, for, like he says, trusting the process, um, being patient. He tr he leaned on his faith during this time. And next thing you know, I mean, he got his opportunity and he delivered. So I'm getting to see the arrow celebration. I love it. I love I it. I love this yeah. celebration. It's, it's top tier. Yeah, Tippity I'm going top with Cooks. Tier. And somebody, oh, that was Patrick Walker. Cooks uh, in the kitchen. Oh, yeah. He was in the kitchen. He was cooking. <laughs> he was cooking. He was cooking. Who you got? <laughs> Michael Gallup. Rico Donald. There we go. Yeah. Oh, there it is. This has just been such a fun week for Lord, me already. 
what are we? Only we, Monday. I put them. On, I told my grandma to put them on the prayer list at church. That's oh, I, no, you did say that. I did. I'd be you asking really my grandma to do that. I'd be like, can that. you put this player on the prayer list? Can no, you ask your no. grandma to do that every week? I'm going to ask her. Yeah. Because she do much. it too. And add more players. <laughs> All right? Just take the do whole Do we have roster? to limit one? Here, just, just take the whole Dallas Cowboys. How about that? Here's the media guide. Include the coaches. Y'all think it's funny. No, I think it's funny, but my grandma, a prayer warrior, she'll call out all their names. Hey, they're like grandmas and well, they pray. She can start on this page right here and then we can just go down the list. Lord, let's play. I can't. Hey, the I'm, whole church is going to be like, no, they're going to be with it because they all like, Cowboys yeah, yeah. fans. Can I get an amen? That's how we was raised over here. Uh, yep. Continue, babe. What Rico Dowdle gets my game ball. Obviously. Um, the thing about Rico oh. is he's been chomping at the bit to get an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And we, we knew going into this game that this was likely the game. You saw your run game really mm-hmm. start to get established and show you glimpses of what it can be. Because I don't even think what you saw was a full run game from no. this Cowboys no. offense. I think it's it's not even the starting line. It's like the warm-up you do before <laughs> you're going to do a race. And then you get to the starting line. You're not even at the starting line yet for what this run game can do with Rico (laughs) Dowdle and Tony Pollard. Um, But 79 yards for 12 attempts, averaging 6.6 yards per carry. His first NFL touchdown there as well, Rico Dowdle. I'm so happy for him. After the locker room, um, went up to him to just kind of check in, see how he was doing, and and his story kind of behind his his game last night was really emotional for him. Um, so check in on Rico, make sure he's doing good. You, you just never know what people are going yeah. through. So mm-hmm. for him to fight through the emotions that he's been going through this week and channel it in this way tells you everything you need to know about the kind of player Rico mm-hmm. Dowdle is. Um, <clears throat> he was so excited in that locker room, and he deserves every ounce of this chance that he is getting now, uh, a guy that's been knocked down by injury years in the making, and he's here, the opportunity presented itself, and he was fighting for that yardage. He, mm-hmm. He's so fast. He's so speedy. I'm just really, I'm hoping we see more of this consistently with both Rico and Tony going forward yes. when yeah. the matchup calls for it. Yeah. Because it's not always going to be a favorable game to get the run going, and we know that. But I hope that you, you, we can look at you know games going forward to say, hey, you have a solid run that you can lean on when you need to. They're going to get you yardage, and you have your answer to your red zone situations and problems that you had previously. You have two great answers right here in your running backs. Um, they're going to get you yardage. They're going to get you there. So Rico Dowdle gets my game ball. All that to say, very proud of him this uh, this week. His yeah. first two carries were like 12 yards. He got Monster. a lot of he got a lot Monster, of juice man. in his legs right now. Yeah. You know, like he's fresh. He's, he's fresh, mm-hmm. and when you talk about a running back, especially too, like his injuries have <clears throat> preserved him somewhat. Yeah. He doesn't have the beat down on his body that some other guys would have. In what year? What year is this? Three, four, four. for him. Four. Yeah. So he he has fresh legs, and and it's something that I'm really hoping to your point, Jess, similar to Brandon Cooks, mm-hmm. waiting his turn, mm-hmm. trusting the process. Bebe, it's about to get cold. <laughs> I said it last week. Yeah. It's not even going to be about that. It, this team, him putting this tape out here, to me, is undeniable. I think yep. it's difficult to deny his power, um, his cutback ability. Even what he does in pass pro is, I mean, they used him a lot. Mm-hmm. They used him and TP a lot this mm-hmm. game to kind of help out Terrence Steele in spots, too, just yeah. to chip and just kind of to redirect some of the DNs and stuff so Terrence Steele could get in position. Just little things that you don't notice about the position that they're asked to do. Um, listen, I'm about to I'm about to talk a little bit, but How you good? I just want to talk about the quarterback. Mm. Oh. 
So we'll talk about yeah. the quarterback. Absolutely. Um, Preach. I I feel like it's been a pleasure to watch Dak Prescott from college to now. And uh, we're talking about year eight. He's 30. From from my experience in reading, this is about the time that quarterbacks be they're figuring it out because they've seen it all. And what he's doing what he's doing, how exceptional he's playing. I'm extremely proud of him, but I also feel like, I mean, I told you so. Or it's it's kind of like, even for him, like, and I told you so. Like, I think there's a lot of people, even if you go look at his draft notes, you hear the draft notes, there's a lot of people didn't, that did not think he was capable of playing at this level. Yeah. And for him to come out and show it consistently, I mean, he ranks number one. Like, he, he ranks top five in all the important um, aspects of the game right now. 10, 12 TD passes since the bye. Um, what, almost 10 yards in attempts. Like, he's just been on the money and efficient. But also, too, you got a lot of people in the kitchen. You got a lot of people. You got a lot of receivers, a lot of weapons that he has to manage and still, you know, deal with their temperament and also still rally them to believe in what this offense can do. That takes a lot. It takes a lot to keep guys, you know, calm and collected and to keep them involved in this offense. I've just been so impressed with the quarterback and what he's doing, his footwork, the accuracy, everything is just top notch. And I really feel like if he's playing at this level, again, you're going to win a lot of games because there's not a lot defensively that you can throw at him that he hasn't seen. And if this offensive line is going to protect him, watch out. Because this this aerial attack, it goes through him. It mm-hmm. goes through him, and I just I just I'm just so impressed with his development, man. Like to see somebody we don't we haven't gotten to see that when we yeah. when we were young. Like I mean I'm we still young, yeah. <laughs> but when we were younger, we still young. when we were younger, <laughs> when we were watching football, you're watching Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and these guys, and you're mm-hmm. just looking. We're 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 seeing them, but we didn't get to see them from their rookie year to their development. Yeah. And it's just been a pleasure watching him grow and become this quarterback who is one of the top quarterbacks mm. in the league right now. Mm-hmm. Hello. And mm-hmm. it's just, I mean, we got one of those guys. And I think that that's, that's a different feeling to just see him walk into that door and establish himself as like, I'm one of them ones, as CD, mm. as CD says too. So I just want to talk about the quarterback. Yeah, MV, and, and the, MV Prescott. <laughs> the, the only thing better than the way Dak is playing is how he continues to conduct himself off the field. So I want to tell everyone what the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year did last Tuesday on the Players' Day Off. Uh, we were out at AT&T Stadium for uh, NFL Character Playbook, which is put on by EverFi, and this was with the National Medal of Honor Museum. We had 750 local school kids uh, at AT&T Stadium. Uh, Nicole was there, she mm-hmm. saw. We had um, a lot of kids. We, yeah. we, and, and then we had thousands more across the country taking part virtually. Mm-hmm. Flo Groberg, who is a National Medal of Honor recipient, was on the stage next to Dak Prescott, next to Chris Cassidy, who is a C- uh, CEO and president of the National Medal of Honor Museum Foundation. Now, Chris is a former Navy SEAL, and he is a former astronaut who I think is second in NASA history yeah. and the most time on spacewalks. Mm-hmm. This is a guy who was a Navy SEAL and is an astronaut <laughs> yeah. who walks in space, like outside the... International Space Station and the spacesuit fixing stuff. That's who Chris Cassidy is. So as, I'm, as, as Dak and I are backstage and we're waiting to introduce, mm-hmm. Chris is out there. And I'm like, Dak, I'm like, you know he's a Navy SEAL, but you know when he was an astronaut, he spacewalked and stuff, right? He's like, he spacewalked. He says, <laughs> says a Navy SEAL and an astronaut who spacewalks. That's pretty badass. What? <laughs> yeah. What, what have we done with our lives? <laughs> 
said, that's oh my gosh, that's real. exactly what yeah. I thought yeah. too. But here is the quarterback of the Dallas yeah. Cowboys, yeah. and he looks <laughs> at someone like Chris Cassidy and says, what have I done with my life? <laughs> And then, yeah. and it was great. And when Dak that. Prescott gets in front of these middle schoolers and they're talking about National Medal of Honor values of integrity, making the right choices, mm -hmm. character, discipline, yep. those kids listen. And so that's what your quarterback, when he's not studying the playbook, when he's not um, <laughs> here at the star, that's what he's doing on his day off. Yeah. One of them ones. One of them ones. One, One of them ones. MV Prescott. MV Prescott, MV CD, MVP. Yeah, and the players yeah. this week. Tomorrow, tomorrow on the players' day yeah. off, they're serving the Salvation Army. The rookies mm -hmm. are going to be at one of the sites here in North Texas. The yeah. veterans will be at the other. And or, by or. the way, the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders, who have full-time jobs during the day, are taking time from their regular uh, jobs to be at Salvation Army to serve an early Thanksgiving meal to those less fortunate and who uh, rely on the services of the Salvation Army. So I just want people to know that what's happening, uh, we pull back the curtain and try and let people know what happens around the star. These are some of the things that happen around the community. Yes, and we'll be there tomorrow at 1045 yep. a.m. That's exciting. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Yeah. I'm excited. Are you excited? People All right. Like yes. Well, that'll wrap up for today's episode of Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We'll see you tomorrow. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!